Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Neon flickers as they flock through the town. New clothes, old friends, out till the end. They'll dance and prowl, but first they congregate in the moon underwater. I'm Robbie Knox and I'm the landlord of the moon underwater, a mystical place where guests create their dream pub. Oh, Dan. Hello. How are you, Dan? Oh, I'm very well, thanks, mate. How Looking are you? Looking about our breath. What have you up to? Uh, just ran here. Ran here from the old um, Correct Realm windmill. The windmill? You've been up to the windmill. Uh, the not hill. today. Obviously, most days. Oh, you got Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, okay. How That's the first time I've been, been up. How else did you get your flower? <laughs> I d- well, I just, I just rely on the, the shops. Oh, okay. No, Generally. no. I've grown my own, own wheat here. I didn't yeah. think it was working. I went up there, there was no one there. It was quite wow. ghostly. John, John will be off by now, isn't he? The, the okay. windmillist. Yeah. The windmillist? The windmillist, yeah, yeah. And, and his, and his flowermonger yeah. friend. Oh, well. Yeah, so that's nice. good. Yeah. Anything else you've been up to? No, that was it. That was it, up to the windmill and back. That's okay. my daily... I like to do a daily walk before I come and... To the windmill? Get, get drunk at the front. I'm surprising I've never seen you going <laughs> yeah. to the windmill every day independently. No, not always to the windmill. You were, you were brilliant last night, because I say, Dan... Was I? Yeah, that that open mic night, you were the oh. absolute star of it, and I did not know Thanks, you man. wrote songs so well. <laughs> that love, that that haunting love song you sung <laughs> was absolutely wonderful. I wonder if you could just just give us the chorus now, because it was beautiful, and you, and you have such a lovely singing voice as well. Like you were really yeah. going for it, weren't you? Yeah, I was. Was yeah. I? Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Because you were. I thought. I thought. Oh, Dan, I'll be probably just mumble it or something. Like that. But no, you were really belting it out. I'd had a couple. You know, I'd had a couple of drinks. Espresso martinis. I'd heard. I had had yeah. a couple of espresso martinis. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was it? The one about uh, about the the um, Caroline? The, girl, the one that you met when you were she was sixteen or something. The first yeah. time was Caroline. I met her when I was sixteen. As I recall. Yes. Of the chorus. So it was... Um, go on, go for it. Caroline, I met you when I was 16. And I felt like I was 18. 
And you really mean so much to me. Yeah, that was the that was the chorus. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, lot of, a lot of the time, the second bit of the chorus will rhyme with something as well. Yeah. They won't just, just stop. Oh, well, you know, there's no rules in No, in, there's no in, rules in songwriting, in, uh, yeah. is there? Um, speaking of music, mm. who's that in the distance there, windsurfing across the lake? It's He's, he's very good at it. He's very good. Look at the, 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 the pace he's going at. Great he's getting form. off, coming, coming through his, in his wetsuit. He's, he's a cool shake of front, man. Crispian Mills, I think it is. Crispian, how are you? Unbelievable. How was your journey here well, through the realms? You. It wasn't actually uh, a wind, uh, I wasn't windsurfing. That was a magic carpet. Oh, oh was it? Yeah, I couldn't yeah, see. Yeah, I've not yeah. got my glasses on. Because I've got the sun behind me. That, yeah. that will be... That but it, this be is it. a wetsuit. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's beautiful. We don't get many people in wetsuits in the pub, do we? Not really, yeah. no. Yeah. Surprising, because the only way to get here is by lake. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's no car park. We should get yeah. one of those yeah, pictures. Really, at some point in the future. Um, we're here to talk pubs, Christian. Are you a man who enjoys a pub? The pub uh, enjoys me. Um, no, it's it's it's. I'm I'm delighted to be here and delighted to be part of a of a pub culture that's based completely and entirely on fantasy. <laughs> yes, as well, but, you know. Um, and my 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 relationship with pubs has been forged over a long period of time, but always, you know, the the, the basis of it has always been playing in them. Hmm. And some of some of those experiences have been amazing. Some of them have been sort of quite dangerous. <laughs> was your first gig as a band in a, in a pub? The first, what, well, my first yeah. gig was in a pub. Yeah, yeah, like personally, I played in a in a pub in Kingston called the Grey Halls. Okay, and I went on stage just to play one number with a guy called Chris Thompson, who was the singer in Manfred Man's Earth Band. Right. And he, he, he invited me up to play, you know, I would think I was 14 or something. He let me play one song, but uh, Changes by, by, by Buddy Miles. And, uh, and I just stared at my feet. <laughs> Not because I was a, a cool shoegazer, but just I was terrified. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, it's like, yeah, pubs, pubs and playing in pubs, um, that, that I've got a lot of memories. Did you go to pubs as a... Child at all with family or anything like that? Or were you, were you... Yeah, I was talking to to my missus about this actually. A lot of memories of the seventies, sitting in the pub garden, drinking, you know, um, lemonade, you yeah. know, freezing, yeah. whilst <laughs> there's all this rowdy <laughs> laughter coming from a very warm, cozy pub, <laughs> where the grown-ups are having a ball, and you're allowed to sit in the garden. Yeah, we were discussing this because I've I've vague mem- memories in the eighties of going to pubs. But only being allowed in the garden was that generally the rule back then for kids? That's what I seem to remember. That's the what I seem to the remember, beer yeah. garden, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all these, all these sort of orphans sitting around <laughs> with blue noses, red noses. <laughs> Very occasionally, a sort of rusty climbing frame yeah. would be there, yeah. But un- that that would be unusual. Yeah. But, yeah. My first experience, my first experience of ghosts of the paranormal was in a pub. In because I lived in a place called Norwood Green, which is in between Southall and Hounslow. Right. Yeah. So I, I thought, you know, basically in England was essentially Punjabi, <laughs> and and um, so I kind of it was it was in, inevitable that Kuldashaker was going to happen, if I look back. Um, but actually, my first paranormal experience was at a, a pub. I think it was called the Plough, on the corner of Norwood Green. And all the kids were lined up, you know, in the beer garden, which backed onto a canal. And so while the parents were <laughs> all having a rave around their pints, um, we were, all the kids were out sort of skimming stones and everything. I remember I was about five or six and 
I, I just remember getting pushed in by by nobody, just um, by wow. some ghost. There was nobody around me, and of course I got in trouble. Like, oh, you were, you know, accident prone, which was my yeah. my little label when I was a kid. You know, I was always getting breaking things and hurting myself. But you know, I swore to this day I'm still I'm still yeah. trying to persuade you guys. Yeah, but I'm, I believe you. I was yeah. pushed in. So what? Why did it? What did it feel like? Just like a, a shove? Or it was it just a... like it was no one there, and I suddenly suddenly somebody was right behind me, and then I was in the water. <laughs> Maybe I just haven't cracked the case yet, but wow. I do remember you know staggering home, cold and covered in sort of slime. <laughs> the, oh. the canal in Southall is not great. Pretty so, mean ghost to be bullying yeah. a five-year-old. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they concern your own size. Afterlives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're wasting your afterlife. <laughs> um, so when. Um, where, when you've played around the country, what pubs, what pub venues have you particularly enjoyed those days? Well, <clears throat> I do remember when I, when I was, for the first time I was trying to just make some money, you know, Alonza, because uh, I was at college with Alonza, that's where we met uh, before we made Color Shaker together. And we were, I was 16, he was 17, and we said, well, we get a, we could, we, we loved folk music, you know. And we said we could go and get uh, a gig at this at the Grey Horse because they're in an Irish pub. They love. They're always having folk music. So I went and I played there with a band, obviously through this uh, where with Manfred Mann. Mm. And I said to the the land, landlord, "Can do you mind if can we get a gig here playing folk music? We'll just sit in the corner." And he went, "Yeah, all right. I'll give you thirty quid and beer." Oh. So we said, "Oh, brilliant!" So we went and set up in this Irish pub. And we were playing folk music, what we thought was folk music, which was a lot of sixties folk music. Right. And um and it wasn't really wasn't really working. And some <laughs> guy came over to me and um he had braces on and he had boots and he just was your classic Irish guy who's about to push push your head through a wall. And he just said, <laughs> This isn't Irish music. This is hippie music. <laughs> And we we're like, okay. Uh, now, in my in the in the folders and uh, files of my mind, I did remember this Furies album <laughs> that I had heard when I was a kid, and it had songs like, you know, "How do you do, young Willie McBride? Do you mind if I sit here down by your graveside?" And I was like, that, uh, "Alonzo, follow me." And we just waded through the Furies album. And we played every song on that album. Like it was like the Blues Brothers. I was just, just going to say, it sounds exactly like <laughs> the same thing the Blues Brothers. Night. Yeah. Anyway, we survived. We didn't die. There was a moment there. I thought, "I'm going to die here in this Irish pub." What a place to go. Yeah. Then you can start yeah. wanting five-year-olds. Yeah. And we played in, uh, you know, Color Shaker played uh, every every gig we could get. You know, and the sad, the sad thing is a lot of, for bands, since, you know, piped music, that the live music scene became harder and harder for bands to be able to play and make money. So, and then there was this racket in the, in the was it in the 80s called Pay to Play? Yeah. Where you would get a gig and they'd give you a load of tickets of yeah. and you'd have to basically get people to, to buy tickets and, and essentially you'd end up paying to have your own show. So that, that was hard. And then, um, but once we had uh, some support, we had an agent and we got a record deal, we just were playing every pub in England. I remember Greenock being particularly exciting <laughs> on a Friday, Saturday night. 
Greenwich, like you know, like <clears throat> those wusses in Glasgow. Yeah, they'd never go to Greenwich. No, right? no, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, I think the gig that where that we kept playing in London that that eventually got us a lot of attention was called the Splash Club, and that was at the Water Rat in King's oh, yeah. Cross, which That's is not great. not far from here. Yeah. It's very small. And then I, I went back there a few years later to sort of, you know, after we'd become, you know, sort of a, a successful band <clears throat> and invited some friends. And, and it, the stage was so small that the monitor would have to sit on a on a, these beer crates. <laughs> so you'd have to, to make a bit more space. And in the middle of the show, <clears throat> one of the monitors fell off. And this this skinny girl all in black with like sleep sleeveless black t-shirts and dyed black hair and she's wrestling getting this monitor back on the beer crate and oh wow she's a bit she's pretty cool she's pretty tough and i looked down and it was chrissy hind <laughs> <laughs> she's like somebody take control of this gig and i never i remember thinking that was that was a beautiful moment yeah, she's pretty cool there's some brilliant music venues in london but i was just i've just come from um tottenham court road and i got the elizabeth line the new newish train line here and i got on that and i and i Whenever I get get that tonical, I always think back in my head. I think, oh, this would be so convenient when I used to live in London to get to London Astoria. Then I remember they destroyed London Astoria to build the train line, so kind of yeah. ruined. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so that's that's made. Um, Crispian, before we get on to your drink choices, uh, Dan, would you like to explain your bell? Yes, well, it's bell, Crispian, oh, yeah. and when it goes off, it means that one of your choices has. Is going to materialise on the bar okay. in front of us here. So. Does a bell go off? It go off when it rings. Okay, so, yeah, rings. <laughs> <laughs> a better word, wouldn't it? Um, it's weird for me, but you know, yeah. sort of last night, what a great lyricist I am. Yeah, it's would get that wrong. Yeah. yeah, get that. Yeah, uh, yeah. So just be aware of that. First of all, you get two choices of drinks on draft. What's your first choice going to be? Well, look, my first choice has to be, it's not my favourite beer, but the associations of this beer are, are, are very deep for me, which is Carlsberg. Carlsberg okay. Beer. Um, now, apart from the wonderful Orson Welles advert that, you know, you grow up with, you know, brainwashed, you, know, you will like this beer. You will think it's amazing, you know, with um, probably the best lager in the world or beer in the world. Um, when um, my granddad made a, my granddad made a film in the 1950s called Ice Cold and Alex, which is all about like a little troop of soldiers trying to get across the Sahara and, you know, one of the things that's that's keeping them going, they're in this truck and, they, you know, it's against the odds, against nature, you know, and there's mines and there's, you know, the heat and all sorts of things. And and one of them, one of their one of their party is a German spy, of course. And, um, you know, you know, they have this experience. And one of the things he says to, to keep them going is when we get to Alexandria, I'm going to buy us a nice cold beer in 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 so-and-so's bar and so they kind of like they're meditating on it and this is the they finally make it and they they, they work out who the spy is they work it out but they let him have his beer anyway before he goes <laughs> and 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 so i'd watched this movie and it, it, it all climaxes the climax of the movie is a guy goes and has a pint yeah and he sits at the bar and he's crossed the desert and he stares and he, and this had this one shot where all the beers 
are poured one by one down the bar and he's just he's just staring at this beer and he's just just savoring this moment letting the the condensation drip down the side and then he picks it up and he downs it in one it's a fantastic moment in cinema in british cinema especially and and then and it was used in an advert i think you know by by carlsberg later they just use the scene as their advert (laughs) yeah and 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 so now, as I became sort of drinking conscious, I asked him about it, and and he said that when he turned up at Shepperton or Pinewood, where it was to film that scene, um, they said, "Look, we, can we have a word with you, John? Because um, there's an issue with this, with this, with this." Technically, he went. What, what's the problem? He said, "Well, we've tried lemonade and shandy and ginger beer and everything, and it just doesn't look real, and we can't get the froth." Can't, and he said, well, I'm a massive fan of the, <laughs> of the real thing, so I don't have a problem with it at all. Let's do it, you know. So they shot with real beer. And, and so the first shot, the main shot, why, where you see everybody at the bar, that is done with real beer. And then they said, got it, in the can, brilliant. He, ha- he necks it in one. Yeah. And they said, okay, well, now we're going to go for the mid shot. <laughs> and then he did that again. They said, okay, now we're going to go for the close-up. And I think they did 15 shots. <laughs> They cut together that well, the first of the 15. And he had to go, you know, sit in his trailer at lunchtime and have a good sleep. But he said it was the best day's work he's ever done in his life. That's fabulous. What a lovely story. Oh, Mm -hmm. thank you. It's a slightly late bell because, because you know, I had a chat with the with the with the mystical pub. Yeah, they said we wanted you to uh, to tell that story first. Right, because that is the that is the, what 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 they've chosen to bring is Carlsberg. Well, we never know when we never know when the, when know the when realms will materialise. They they can materialise at random sort of thing. And there it is. I'm afraid it's cans rather than bottles, as it is in the as it is in the movie. Wonderful. You don't oh, have to drink. Um, you don't have to drink this Christmas. You can take it away with you if you yes, want. We need fi- we need fifteen for it to be. Yeah. Yeah. I certainly won't be downing it in one. <clears> but I will have a little. I mean, if you wanted to do a a sip. Yeah, and a, and a well, little. Yeah, um, you need to, you need to hear it. Really, yeah. Don't you? <sighs> yeah. Maybe a little recreation of the. Uh... The can's been redesigned since I've yeah. last seen a Carlsberg can. Can you hear that? Yeah. Is that picking it up on the mic? Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, and what was his? What was the line? It was uh, worth. Well worth waiting well for. Worth, yes. yes. There you go. There you go. Well, that's a cheers to yeah, him. Cheers. cheers to Granddad. What do you know about Carlsberg, Dan? Um, well, most of the stuff that I was that I was going to chat about was uh, stuff that Crispian said because I thought we fo- focus on the focus on yeah. that. But it, it's, it, you know, I I saw uh, your grandfather tell that story so on Gloria Hunnaford's show is like a fantastic story. Well, the thing is about about old actors are or they're just walking sort of you mm. know, anecdote artillery, mm. you know, and they collect them. And they, as long as you still find it amusing and entertaining, you can keep t- saying the same joke. <laughs> I've heard him say jokes, you know, around, uh, so, to so many different audiences, but he still thought it was funny. And so it always felt fresh to him, you know, um, and, and to the audience. He was brilliant. Is there a story from your career that you find yourself telling all the time? I'm not going to ask you to read it now, but is there one? I, I, I get, I've got, definitely got to an age where I feel like I've only got four stories. <laughs> <laughs> and I keep telling them, I, I talk to, you know, 
even the guys in my band, I say, if I've told this story already, then say. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I think it's it's really important you keep having adventures. You know, yes. you keep, you've got to keep pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and 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 being uncomfortable and being uh, being stressed <laughs> because that's really where all the all the stories happen, isn't it? You know, yeah. You stop. You never, no stories ever start saying, I decided to stay in and sat on my sofa and then, <laughs> yeah. does it? It's, it's always, it's always out having adventures. Um, well, I mean, uh, Sylvia Sims was in the film with, with your grandfather, with Sir John, and uh, she talked about how actually it was a really difficult shoot when they were shooting in, in the desert. It was really tough. And she sort of said, <clears> I suppose... It's a story where she says, I suppose they would have called it method acting, but we didn't know what that was in those days. We just called it getting on with it. <laughs> yes. And um, she said uh, she, didn't, she didn't earn a great deal from the film. It was sort of 30 pounds a day. But when it was made into an advert, which was actually a, it was actually a sort of a um, response from Carlsberg because Holston Pills, you remember <clears throat> these Holston Pills ads that Chris Reese Jones used to do? And at the end, oh, it would say a Holston Pills production, and they would yeah. take old movies and make them into an ad. And they'd been doing that, and I think they used something from Ice Cold and Alex. And so that's why Carlsberg had the idea. So they didn't do anything except for the whole advert was the scene that you perfectly <laughs> right. described. Yeah. And then at the end, he just says, worth waiting for. And then that's it, just says Carlsberg, that's it. It was sort of this beautiful response. But she said she earned much more off the ad than she did off the uh, wow. making the film, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah they, had that, they had a really good attitude. I think a link, uh, I don't know what it's like right now, but for a long time, British actors had a really good reputation for just getting on mm. with it. You know, there's a famous, famous... Um, story isn't there Lawrence, Sir Lawrence Olivier and Dustin Hoffman making Marathon Man and he's like <laughs> you know Dustin Hoffman's like getting himself hyperventilating ready for this scene and <laughs> just before the cameras roll Larry says why don't you just act <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic well, Carl, um, Carlsberg gets in. are you a fan of a Carlsberg Dan? I am, don't drink it very often, actually, but it's quite, it's quite enjoying that. It's quite nice. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely fine. Very good. Mm. It's like a Danish lager. Yeah. Like a Tubal. Is that Danish? Yeah. Oh, good knowledge. Yeah. What's your second choice on drafts? Well, <clears throat> because it's a fantasy pub, mm -hmm. you know, I thought um, we're really what, what needs to come into the world is some kind of pint of ayahuasca. <clears throat> because... You know, the moon underwater, it, this, this is a, something sort of somnambulant about that idea, isn't mm -hmm. it? Like it's we're all asleep, we're all in a dream. And uh, what a, what a, this ayahuasca thing, I haven't taken it, just want you to know, but um, until tonight. <laughs> until now. <laughs> yeah, until now. But, uh, I thought it, the bell might ring <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I wish. No, it would, it's, it's, it's a phenomenon, you know. Like in, in the 60s, everyone was taking LSD and have you taken it? Oh, well, I know so-and-so's taken it. And then, you know, you had the same thing with MDMA and, and you know, and then – and now you know, everyone is taking ayahuasca and it's, there's a lot of like, have you taken it? Oh, no, so-and-so, my doctor's taken it. And this strange, unexpected people have, you know, experimented with it. And I think a lot of um, the story of it seems to be something to do with like waking up from a dream, you know. And um, I always thought that the pub, it can be a place of sleep. It can be a place of sort of bringing your consciousness down and and blotting things out but it can also be a place of conversation 
and uh, of ideas that sort of snap you out of um, some kind of pattern or, or way of looking at things. So, um, yeah, I think ayahuasca was certainly you know shake things up a bit i mean back in the days of the wild west you'd have spittoons yep. right everyone was fine like that so like sort of vomit buckets yeah <laughs> i mean you just have to just sort of get out of the old paradigm the old way of thinking and just go with it are we going to have it in as a sort of beer type drink or is it going to be in a cocktail <laughs> you look a bit nervous <laughs> yeah, i just want to make sure that the bar staff correctly serve it i think it should be a pint okay um that you know, apparently that you know, it's there's a whole kind of scene which um, Jay, my organ, Jay Hammond organ Darlington, was explaining to me. Um, you know that there's sort of enzymes that 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 you know, you you have to take this certain vine leaf to stop the enzymes in your stomach breaking down the DMT, and there's these different types of. Um, of active um, natural chemicals. So you have to get the balance just right, which is why you need to have a shaman. So I think you need shaman on the staff. Okay, that's Ooh. fine. So, yeah. Definitely. Well, that's they have to double be... up on the other jobs. You'll bounce around shaman at the same time. <laughs> shaman, <laughs> shaman slash bouncer. You know he's not coming in, but if you do come in, you, know, you have a safe and pleasant journey. <laughs> very original skill set. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. What do we know about it, Dan? Well, I, I didn't know very much at all. So, you know, I did a, did a small amount of research on it. You know, it, it's traditionally used by indigenous cultures in the Amazon and the South America, where it originally came from. But now it seems it might have therapeutic potential. It might help people with substance abuse. So it feels, I don't know much about this, or I might be wrong, but it feels like it's still in, as you said, with, with sort of drugs and things in the 60s, it's still in the early stages of, development of people experimenting mm. and people got theories and, and people are using it and it's yeah it yeah. hasn't it's not a, a pharmaceutical drug it's not no. you know something that you can say is legal or illegal because it's 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 a natural remedy and it gets used in these therapeutic settings but yeah like P ptsd and just generally like breaking out of a pattern of a mindset you know or you know that may be created from trauma uh it would be, you know, you know, alcoholism or whatever, you know, like I'm going to the pub to yeah. heal my alcoholism, <laughs> yeah. all right? There's a shaman there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You've got ayahuasca yeah. on tap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He also delivers kegs to other <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Many jobs. Yeah. Oh, I I great, it yeah. does seem to be a sort of popularity with psychedelics in general a lot now that, that among sort of tech people in San Francisco and stuff yeah. like that, that you were the irony. forefront. So I just looked at the camera there when you yeah. said tech. No, it's not that I'm paranoid. <laughs> My fears are real. The, 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 it's, 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 it's the irony, isn't it, that, you know, like in the 60s, it was like, you know, turn on, tune in and drop out. And now it's like, take a little bit of LSD and go to work <laughs> for the man because <laughs> it'll help you be more productive. Yeah, it's it bizarre. It's bizarre, yeah. But it's happening, yeah. Microdosing is a thing. and um, But uh, the, the, the ayahuasca, somebody gave us some ayahuasca when we were recording uh, an album called Strange Folk. And we were, we were actually staying in Paulie, our drummer's family's, bungalow somewhere on the Quantox <laughs> and they they were moving out and it was empty so we had 
chucked all our gear and we had a Hammond in the old bedroom and stuff. And it was it was quite quite a scene. And somebody in Glastonbury had given Paul a load of ayahuasca <laughs> and, and it had been brought to the house. And uh, Paul hid it. <laughs> he hid it because he thought, you know, just, I, I hid well. it from your dog, just going to trash the session and, you know, we're not going to get any work done. And, so um, oh, that was um, that was the moment that we would have done it, you know, but it didn't happen. So, are you keen, keen to try? Um, I, no, I think it's definitely one of those things. Like it's got to come to you. Mm. Yeah, you know, I believe in that sense. You've got to go with the rhythms of life, uh, and not not force those kind of moments. If I just happen to find myself in a fantasy pub with a shaman, yeah. uh, in my on a, on a full moon. wonderful excellent um you spent a lot of time on the road touring how have you and the rest of the band dealt with drinking on there because i know some bands approach it by i I remember the um the cribs and they're saying they would drink before every show some people don't drink at all when they're Mm -hmm. touring how do you approach it how's it changed never drink never never drink before a show but afterwards, no. <laughs> but the th- I remember I did have a conversation when I was quite young with D- Dave Gilmore about mm. this, and uh, and the whole the psychedelic scene, you know, wh- which they were right in the middle of, um, at the in the in the in the eye of the storm in the in the uh, late sixties, early seventies, you know, everybody was tripping, mm. and were were the band tripping as well? And he's like, no, we were totally straight, and we were in control of what was happening. I mean, we, you know, in control in the sense that we were really conscious and tuned in. We weren't, they weren't like the Grateful Dead where everyone's like, wow, <laughs> I'm in your body playing your instrument right now. Where are you? <laughs> if I'm there, where? it wasn't like that. Um, and so I think there are two schools, you know, like you yeah. get really, really, really high and then you're one with the audience or you're more kind of like, but we, we, we took, uh, we got, a little bit tiddly once at the Hacienda right early on in our career and we played a rubbish show yeah. we I mean it wasn't a disaster but we felt sloppy and yeah. we just said we're never ever going to do that again and also because the vibe the vibe's really important and it's not really um you know it for us it's it's got, it's got we've got you've got to be sensitive to the vibe and um you've got to be on your toes so but it's hard. A lot of bands, you know, they end up, they get a massive spike of adrenaline and then they have to go to bed. Yeah. And so, you know, that's when it becomes a problem for people. They just become dependent on pushing that, that adrenaline down and, and it gets messy. But um, we, we've traditionally been um, more sort of into herbals. Mm. And um, once Val Kilmer came to, to our gig in Paris <laughs> once, Right, and we were we were really impressed that Val Kilmer had appeared, and he'd been fasting for a long time, so he was really off his head, you know. When you he'd come to the show, and he was all sort of spaced out, and he came backstage, and we were all drinking tea, <laughs> and uh, it was a weird scene. I think he was expecting it to be a little bit more rock and roll. There was a lot of tea, a lot of tea going on that night. Yeah, there's a lot of this. I've noticed from. Um, hang out with bands people think of it being very rock and roll there's a lot of drinking hot drinks whether it's just for vo- yeah. voices and stuff and there's also a lot of sitting around yeah. between sound checkers and things there's a lot of people just, just sort of sat there like doing 
very little notice. Well, you do get you do get offered a lot of. Yeah. I mean, we we played a couple of years ago. We had a, oh no, actually it was a, four, a few years ago. We played in Limerick, and um, um, it was pretty. It was a pretty grotty uh, dressing room, let's say, and it looked like someone had had sex in there and then been murdered. <laughs> it was not a good scene. And um, it looked like the neighborhood, everyone had just vacated the neighborhood as well. It was yeah. one of those moments of, should we really be here? Um, sorry, this sounds like I'm no, really no. down on the Irish at the moment. I'm not. I'm, <laughs> this, we were very excited to be playing Ireland. We hadn't been there a while. And obviously, because we're all, the band's all vegetarian, so we're quite, you know, we've got to keep, got to keep eating all the time. And uh, the uh, the promoter just brought in a, a just a, a crate of booze, just a crate of Guinness, and we were like, "Where's the hummus?" <laughs> <laughs> he went, "This is your rider, enjoy." And I said, "But this should be hummus, right? And a, and a castle." <laughs> he said, "No, this is this is all most bands want. Is, isn't this good enough?" <laughs> you be, so you got to be careful; you don't fall into the trap. Yeah, yeah. It is easy to just just trash the tour. I did it. For a different podcast I do last year, we played in Dublin, and um, there they were, the crowd there, they were so into boozing, Stevie was with just opened a can at some point, and they all started singing, we like to drink with Stevie, <laughs> and made him down this drink, and then, then it, after he had that, he thought, well, I want to have another drink, so he just opened another one, and then it would start again, you know, I'm drinking about five pints during the thing. He seemed to write with it, but not for me. Yeah. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You get bottles and cans as choices as well here. What's your first choice? Well, my first choice for a bottle is is Chimay Bleu. Chimay Bleu. Okay. Now, the Chimay range, I am not an aficionado on any beer, honestly. Um, but uh, Chimay I know about because our bass player, Alonso, he lives in, in Belgium. He's very near Chimay, the town that make this famous beer, very famous in Belgium. And it's made by, it's made in a monastery. It's made by Trappist monks. So, you know, we're joking about having a shaman, or are we? Yeah. Now I think <laughs> we need a Trappist monk on site. <laughs> making, there's room for both, yeah. making, a shaman and Trappist yeah. monks in this. 
making shimei blanc. Now shimei, you can get shimei blonde. Yep. Shimei rouge, I think, and shimei bleu. Now you'd think it might be sort of like traffic lights of like words of warning, because it is very strong stuff. And um, my kids are homeschooled, and one of them, um, the oldest boy, needed some extra science tuition, and we found the right science tutor who was nearby, and uh, we found him through the scouts, actually. And he he wanted to be paid in beer. <laughs> Seriously, he wanted to be paid in beer. So I went to record... <laughs> Is that what you wanted as a tutor? <laughs> yeah. I was fine Sounds with it. Yeah. He said, I'll tell you what, pay me in beer. So, so the deal, so I went to record at the studio in Belgium near Chimay and I brought back a crate of Chimay Bleu and I left it at his house and uh, he called me up and he said, that is the best and the strongest beer <laughs> wow. I've ever had in my life. And uh, it, you have it in a, you have to have it in a, in a, in a quite a, well, a round, quite big sort of round, chalice, like giant, yeah, a chalice, yeah. like a giant brandy glass. Um, and it's a little bit syrupy. It's sort of, I guess, on the edge of what you might call um, like a sort of special brew. <laughs> it's chocolatey, I think. They, is it? Chocolatey with a bit of mocha. They, I think they prefer to. <laughs> That's what they say about special brew as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, spicy, uh, candied fruit finish. How well, strong I, is it? Nine percent. Yeah, the, so we, yeah. there's a bar. There's a bar, the local pub where Alonta lives. You know, it's a tiny village. And um, we, we we went down the pub at lunch when we were in the studio once and stupidly, recklessly <laughs> had a had a beer at lunchtime. And that was it. it was the rest of the day it was just we just like let's go to bed. <laughs> let's go to bed and just sleep this one off. It's very strong. And it's very good. And um, and now you know why the Trump monks can't yeah. be bothered to speak. It's like, no. <laughs> yeah. The, um, they do great strong beers, Belgium, don't they? I mean, I, I went, I remember a few years ago, well, it would have been six years ago because um, I went with my son when he was three, my, one, my eldest son when he was three. I went, got in the habit of taking one of the kids away on the third birthday just around then for a little just one-on-one -on -one time sort of thing. And we went to Bruges. Um, I mean, we got for dinner and stuff like that. And then I thought, oh, I'll get one beer and just have one something there. And I don't know what it was, but it was, I was like, well, that's quite strong. <laughs> I think yeah. I'm, bit, I'm allowed to be a <laughs> yeah, yeah. child anymore. Yeah. When, we, when yeah. we first went to Belgium, we all, the band, we were all sort of making jokes about how, what, what is there? What is Belgium, really? I mean, it's just been created... Was it just created out, like most countries are, ultimately, they're created out of thin air. Somebody says, here's a map, and they just yeah. sort of draw a boundary, and yeah. everyone shakes on it, and then suddenly, let's be really, let's be really um, patriotic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we were not sure what Belgium was, but actually, it's become beautiful uh, parts, um, and then the Walloon, it sounds like a place from sort of mad people, and it is, it, uh, the French-speaking part of Belgium, it's all from medieval villages, and Quite, and people drinking Chimay Bleu, you know, it's, it is quite a trip. And it, and it may, it really influenced our album Pilgrim's Progress because we went down there and we just, we just went full on sort of folking, psychedelic folk. And it, part of it was to do with Chimay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, very eclectic three drinks so it's far. It's a great lineup this year. Yeah. We've got not just the drinks though, we've got Shaman, we've got yeah. Monks, we've yeah. got, 
Got everyone. Mm-hmm. Everyone catered to whatever your <laughs> drinking habits and beliefs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, what's your second choice on bottle of can? Well, I've just gone for some something with quinine in it. Okay. Because um, I think we're going to need it because I think that this this bar is located in a sort of tropical yes. climate, oh, so it's good to have a bit of tonic water, a bit of quinine. You yeah. Know, you just want to. Yeah. yeah. You don't need to sort of slap. First person who's chosen to locate their bar in a malaria-ridden zone. <laughs> I mean, it didn't work, but that's, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Um, any particular quinine-based tonic, presumably? No, no. I, I, I think it should be uh, whatever we can get a good deal on. Just uh, Fabulous. What's the, um, what, what do you know about tonic water, Dan? Well, it's... Um, uh, you know, it, start, it did start as a sort of a treatment for malaria, didn't it? That's when it was, was first used. And then um, these days it's a bit more sweetened. Right. Mostly it's used in cocktails. Yeah. But the English, uh, the British used it a lot in India as a, as a for medicinal reasons. Yeah. For the... Does it still have quinine in it now? I think maybe a little, but not as much. I think, and it's sort of it's more sweetened now. But I think there's still, I think there is still some in there now. Yes. How do we get people to to take quinine? You know, how do we get the the British to keep taking their medicine while yeah. just put it anyway? Sort of, they imbibe it through their booze. Yeah. And they'll definitely. Uh, it sounds like a, a a version of sort of an anti-vax conspiracy theory from the olden days, doesn't yeah. it? Sort of, a sort of quinine thing. Well, it, the quinine <laughs> causes the it, it to um, fluoresce huh? under under ultraviolet light. So I think that is right. Because I think I've I seen don't know what fluoresce means. As in, you sort of. I think you, you might have probably seen it. if you've been in a club or something and you've had a gin and tonic and there's a bit of fluorescent oh, right. light. And yeah. You sort of see that slight purpley thing, like if you're wearing white or something. I have seen that. Yeah. That's I've seen that, that in is. gin and tonics. That's, that's the quinine. All right. Yeah. yeah. Every day is a school day. Yeah. Yeah. Terrific. Okay. Phones away. Put a gag on Siri. It's quiz time. Elvis's black belt was in karate. I saw it on QI. No half points for saying J.K. Rowling is the lead singer of Jamiroquai. Moira Stewart. No, I'm afraid it was Gordon Honeycomb. Crispian, do you enjoy a pub quiz? Um, I, I'm going to make an admission here. I've never done a pub quiz. <gasps> well, that is certainly for you about to change. Okay. Dan, what have you got? Yeah, well, I won't. I won't. Like, I'm a bit nervous about this one, Crispian. Right. Um, I, uh, in some, in some capacity, you know, and it'll be very obtuse sometimes. I will relate it to the person that we're talking to. Okay, and for you, I had this. I thought K is a really important letter for Cooler Shaker. It's the name name of albums. It appears on your. Oh, that's the first letter of the band. <laughs> it appears, you know, there's a lot of K's around yeah. if you start looking there. Yeah. And I thought, oh, what well, we could do a little um, Bob Holness blockbusters thing, as in which K? Is. Oh, and I thought we might do that. Yeah, so yeah. I suggested that to uh, producer Matt, who's now staring at me while I tell this story. <laughs> and um, he said, I'll tell you what we should do. We should do something about cooler. I was like, well, what do you mean? He said, you know, what, what things are, are cooler than others? Like, I was like, what, like average temperatures? And he's like, yeah. 
So that's the quiz. It's about, okay. About average temperatures around the world. And Would you, you have rather have had a, yeah. a quiz about K's <laughs> or a quiz about... Yes, I thought we were going to have about. a quiz about numerology and yeah. esoteric yeah. meaning of letters. Yeah. But, uh, no, that's just fine. Yeah. We can do average temperatures. Average temperatures. <laughs> Wonderful. So, wait, okay. so, the, so the idea mm. is that you need to tell me which is cooler. Okay. So oh, the first question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a series of questions. Have a think. Mm. I don't know either. I will also yeah. be competing in this quiz or yeah. enjoying the quiz. And we will uh, come back in the second half of the show and you can give answers and we'll reveal the answers. Nice. Okay. So I'll run through these now. So, which is the cooler average temperature? Melbourne in June or Montreal in September? Melbourne, First one. Melbourne in June. On, okay, so that's the, that's the so southern hemisphere. Yeah, yeah, have a think. Hemisphere. Don't give us your answer. Have a oh, think. okay. Yeah, okay, we'll so come back. Right. We'll come back to it. Yeah. And I'll forget it. London in July. Or La Paz, Mexico, in April. Bratislava, Slovakia. Have you just been there? Uh, I've been to Slovakia, but not Bratislava. Okay. In January, or Boston, Massachusetts, in January. Honolulu, in America, or Harare, in Zim- uh, sorry, in December, or Harare, Zimbabwe, in May. Yeah. And a final question. Yeah. Tokyo's average daily temperature in August is 26.4 degrees Celsius. There are only three months of the year that have a cooler <laughs> average temperature than that in Mumbai, India. But can you know them? Why is just one of the questions different to all the others? <laughs> just for a bit of Why? excitement. Thank yeah. God I'm on Ayahuasca. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might be reminded a little bit myself, actually, Christian. Um, okay, um, there's absolutely no point in you giving those in advance because I can't remember any of the questions, okay. but we'll do them in the second half of the podcast because it's time to leave those of you who don't support the Moon Underwater on Patreon. But if you'd like to subscribe, head to moonunderpod.com and sign up to get ad-free extended episodes a day early, a monthly bonus podcast access to me underwater social club on facebook and early access to live tickets we'll see you soon in part two we'll continue creating this wonderful pub Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.